I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sweet, the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. My name is Gina Bloom and this is the podcast for I, a transgender female comic quarantined currently in lovely Van Nuys, California. Bring on some of my favorite funny ladies to, to experience, for the first time, the very best, worst, and weirdest that bro culture, male culture, has to offer. This is the show where women experience movies, TV shows, restaurants, although we don't do that anymore uh, in quarantine. But um, anything that's for dudes that, they, uh, that the ladies have missed, they, they come on and experience. And today, uh, I am so excited for so, so many reasons. Uh, Beginning with which uh, is our subject. Uh, it is the cult hit uh, sketch comedy show, Mr. Show, with Bob and David. That is Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, who have gone on to much bigger fame since then. But the show itself ran for three seasons in the mid-90s on HBO, and it produced some of... Uh, I don't know. I can't really say it produced like things that like, most people know, but it, it, it really put its stamp on comedy going forward and definitely sketch comedy. Uh, the cast, uh, Bob Odenkirk obviously has gone on to uh, star in his own acclaimed TV drama, Better Call Saul, and his based on his uh, acclaimed run on uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's the show. David Cross obviously has been on a lot of things, including Arrested Development, and uh, somehow... Uh, Dates the girl from uh, Joan of Arcadia. I don't know how that happened, but, <laughs> but you know, weirder things have happened in this world. Uh, it stars, uh, and in this writing staff is a bunch of white dudes that have gone on to Sonic commercials. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, Mr. Show. Uh, if you've ever gone through the UCB curriculum in either New York or LA, you know, you, you know, Mr. Show very well. Uh, I, I was taught, uh, to write sketches based on their Cockring, uh, Cockring Warehouse episode. Uh, their, well, the sketch anyway, did not 
It does not appear, unfortunately, in the episodes that we're talking about. They were talking about three episodes from season one from the season two, one from season three, and one from the last season, season four. And our guest today, I am equally, if not more, excited for both of these guests. I uh, I met this first guest uh, at a at a bar show at a bar that no longer exists. Um, yeah, they closed the Pikey, dude. Yeah, it's gone. What? Yeah, it's so sad. Oh my god, it's so sad. So I sad. that. Uh, there's a little bar in LA that I I'm only here I've only been here a year I already performed there three times so it was like my one of my little favorite spots I also hooked up with a publicist right out front in a Volkswagen Jetta uh, <laughs> of the Pikey so <laughs> you know uh, it was it was a very <laughs> emotional time uh, you've seen her on Comedy Central and you have listened to her on her very popular podcast Couples Therapy please say hello to the lovely and talented Naomi Ekparagin. Wow, thank you so much, Gina. And also, you said my last name right, which is huge. That's fucking I, huge. We only met one time. Uh, I, I'm going to have to confess, I had Valerie Tossi on a few weeks ago, and even though I've I've known Valerie for like six months, I still mispronounced her last name. So I, I, have, <laughs> I have put it on myself to bring on any guest that has a tricky last name to research it beforehand okay so okay yes, I, yes so yes. i so i did Wonderful. i did verify the pronunciation of your last name uh, <laughs> earlier this afternoon but i was correct i wasn't i wasn't gonna call you ekparigin or something like that like i <laughs> exactly thank you so much it's like i feel seen this is what it you is to are be seen, seen for someone correctly pronounced. <laughs> MC. as as someone <laughs> whose first name gets mispronounced jenna all the time i i get it like it's just it's just annoying even with the two E's. Even with the two, you have two E's. I have right? two E's, but they, they're so used to Jenna being that yeah. sort of configuration, they 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 mistake the E for an N. I don't know. Gina with the Gina two with the E's. Two E's. Gina with the yes. two E's. And that voice and sitting next to <laughs> Naomi from their home uh, in quarantine, he's her co host of Couples Therapy. Please say hello to the equally lovely and talented Andy Beckerman. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Uh, <laughs> equally talented in different realms, but talented well, that's all the same. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I'd like to be democratic. All right. So, Mr. Show. Um, mm. All right, Naomi. Please give me your. Uh, please give me your. <laughs> your off-top uh, reactions to the episodes that you watched. I didn't did care not. for it. Wait. I didn't care uh, for how's it. How's this? Let, let me try to kind of put it into context for how much... You, how many games of Candy Crush did you play <laughs> while we watched Mr. Show? Well, I did go through all of them. I played Candy Crush. I played Candy Crush Soda. I played Farm Heroes. So you used up <laughs> all five of your free lives in each of those. So at yes. least 15. Yep. Okay. At yep. least 15 games. Great. Yep. I think uh, that... I think that kind of sums up her feelings. I did not understand. I just like it's just so funny because it is a show for mm -hmm. Andy that he was like, "This is this is seminal for me." So I was I was like, "All right, let's let me see where you yeah. came from." Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that totally. Yeah. Uh, but Naomi, you Sem seminal. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi, you've been in you've been in com. It, it made yeah. a vast difference. <laughs> a vast difference. Wow, the the male anatomical puns are flying. <laughs> yes, I took high school uh, biology too. Um, but you've been in comedy quite a while, so like Mr. Show had to have been a name that you've heard floating about. 
Oh, definitely. Like I knew, not at the time, right? At the time, I would have been like a yeah. teenager. It wouldn't have been for me, but I knew of it certainly. As you said, the UCB curriculum. So, like every every white boy you meet <laughs> there, they yes. watched it. You know what I mean? They're talking about it. It's always like, remember that sketch where you know? So I knew it existed, but I had not. Yeah, I had not partaken. What what kind of sketch comedy have you been? What's like? What's your flavor? If you even partake in sketch. I don't have much of a flavor, but like when I was younger, you know how to watch that show. Did you remember? Do you know that show All That? Which oh, was yeah. Like Nickelodeon. It was like yeah, sketch yeah, for kids. Definitely. Like that was my intro to sketch. So I watched that. I tried SNL. I feel like mm-hmm. I would watch it in like middle school, high school to be able to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I get on that because the kids were all talking about whatever you know? the hot sketch was. For some, yeah, like the ins- the indoor yeah. kids in <laughs> high school. If you were going to parties, you were like, oh. I didn't watch SNL. I was well, out doing cocaine. Definitely an indoor but kid here. Yes, us indoor kids. Yeah, we would watch that. But that was about it for me. Like the basics. And just do ketamine. <laughs> right, right, right. Ketamine and SNL <laughs> by myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the, the the days, dude. The days. So bring it, bringing me back. A little special K, a little SNL. That's that's what I love. Uh, Andy, uh, tell tell us about your your love of Mr. Show. Like, when did you discover it, and how is it such a seminal uh, influence on you even to this day? Yeah. So college, I think like the first year, it had already been on a couple of years, uh, and then a friend, one of my best friends in college, still a good friend of mine, who you know, one needs to know this information. <laughs> uh, I. Look, I just wanted to brag that I have a friend from college <laughs> who, to this day, yep. still my friend. Yeah, so nice. in all your faces, people who have lo- who have shed those friends, <laughs> shed in your faces. Anyway, he introduced <laughs> me to it, and uh, I asked my mom. This is uh, this will tell you how old I am. I asked my mom because my parents mm-hmm. had HBO. Uh, I saw that there was going to be a Mr. Show marathon coming up, and I go, "Could you please tape?" <laughs> this marathon and send me the VHS tapes, <laughs> which she did. And then I watched them over and over and over again, because this is what the thing, when I was in high school, I did not really, I liked the kids in the hall right. and that was about it because the big sketch thing was like Monty Python and only dorks liked Monty Python. Oh, oh wow. and yeah. I was like, I don't want to be ostracized. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna like I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna stay far away from that like look I I'm not popular but I'm also not you know I'm you know I wasn't like shoved in trash cans right you were safely in the middle safely in the middle and so there are look you're talking to a guy who was so into the tick uh the the cartoon the tick that in my senior photo for ap english i cut out the word spoon and taped it to my chest right and yet somehow i still stayed in the middle right yeah i don't know how it happened right i just somehow stayed in and you had a sexual life Uh, yes you lost your virginity before i did yes even loving the tick yes uh, so I'm sorry I did not save myself for your name. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad you learned the basics. <laughs> I'm glad you learned the basics because, you know, I'm very lazy. Yeah. So sure. I'm just happy you got to experiment in your younger right. years. Yeah. <laughs> Find out where all the spots are, A to G. <laughs> I know the spots from A to G. Gina, do you my, see what I live with? New Gina, musical. do you I, see what I live with? In I choir? love it. I love I love it when I get guests that I don't, I don't have to do anything with. I can just – I can just – I can just sit back and like every ten minutes be like, 
What about Mr. Show? Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's totally fine. But so Mr. Show was like, it was kind of like eye opening to me. Yeah. Right. Everything connected. Uh, you know, the the whole concept behind the Mr. Show was that it was kind of like an Auroboros. Is that how you pronounce? I don't know how to yeah, pronounce it. The snake right. eating yeah. its own tail. Sure. Okay. okay. Right. Episode uh, things connected. They always came back. It was like a Harold in that yeah. way. Wow. So, okay. So, bring it yeah. back to UCB. So, Gina, you already brought yeah. up UCB, so yeah. I will. You know, a Harold for those that don't know is an improv form in which <laughs> stuff you do early on. Just listen. Stuff you do early on in the show yes. makes an appearance later on, and they're supposed to like connect oh in God. weird ways. The bro yeah. culture. Well, this is a different. Co- this is not bro. This is not like. You know, weightlifting <laughs> and watching uh, watching the, the Patriots. But it, the right? Patriots. but it is a different type of bro. That's correct. It's a, it different, is. It's a different type slice of bro. of bro culture. I will not deny that. As much as I deny, I do describe myself as mask with notes of femme. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. That is more of what my heart is shaped like. Yeah. But uh, th- this is definitely the kind of like... Um, Spectrumy, yeah. I suppose you could say, just like uh, uh, comic math, math guy. Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. Does that make sense? Comedy, math. Like, comedy yeah. math. Okay, I see. Comedy what you're math. Right? No, uh-huh. but Mr. Show, it was like you know stuff that showed up in the beginning, you know, and there would like show up later on. It would kind of like sometimes wind back on itself. The best episodes would do that. There were transitions between each of the sketches. Yes. Right? So that it felt like it was all of one piece. Yes. Right? A holistic yes. A holistic experience, experience of sketch yes. comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember when I was uh, emailing y'all and Andy was like, I don't I'm not very much of a bro. And like, the only thing I can think of is Mr. Show. And I'm like, dude. Mi- <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Show yeah. is as broy as they come. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I had. You know what? Honestly, this was a. You know, I had to like stand in front of the mirror and really like honestly look at myself. Yeah, I. You know, when when this topic came up, I'm like, all right, this, this is it. This is it. You're you're staring deep into the abyss of Mr. Show. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, especially in watching it, so, like, because it was, I was like, it's just such white boy. It's, it's like so nineties yeah, white, very white boy. boy. And like, I, I even have like a list of the of the writers, and it's it's like fifteen white guys. It's like, it's like, right. And it's guys that you know have gone on to things like Scott Ackerman, Brian Posen, uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Like, and it's just, and it's just a bunch of guys like that. Yeah. And then like. And then, like, Mary Lynn Rice Cub was on there, but only because she dated David Cross for the first two seasons. So it's like... Oh, did they? Is that yeah, like the connection yeah. there? I mean, yeah. comedy yeah. The great comedy oh, connection wow. of, like, firing your girlfriend when you when, when you stop dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Right. You saw... There are a handful of people, like, Sarah Silverman shows up yeah. in one of the episodes that we watched. Karen Kilgariff uh, shows up, and she was also, I think, a cast yeah. member in season yeah. four. Um, but just like, but but in every like in the scenes they're in, it was very much like mom, right, wife, right. You know, like it was like they didn't. They just had to very much like their job was kind of just like to receive the yeah, insanity. They didn't, <laughs> they, they, they didn't have enough white guys to do to do drag, so they actually had to get like actual human women for the sketches. Right. <laughs> well, it was cable. Well, maybe Think they didn't want to be like the kids in the hall. 
Exactly. They were like, we're on like, HBO. Yeah. We should actually have women. It was, it was subversive. <laughs> 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 yeah, subversive in the 90s. Hiring, yeah. hiring women. Hiring, hiring women, women to play women. That was... That was edgy, dude. That was, the, was that in Oz back so then. So edgy. So edgy. Uh, <laughs> I found, I you know, kind of the same with Andy. Like, like I had, I had heard of Mr. Show, but um, in my, mm-hmm. in my pre like, pre transition film school days, I was very much like an action type of person like I, I like the Jackie Chan movies and things like that so I mm-hmm. I never really comedy didn't feel like my thing I was I was always funny in person but like you know, no man I want to I want to make bank robbery movies and the you know, shit like that so <laughs> I, I never I was never this kind of bro when I, when I was broing it back in the day um <laughs> but then you know I I had transitioned and I got into comedy like right after like I had I had um mm-hmm went through the ordeal of transitioning and it was like I had all this energy left over and I was like I should I should try comedy I want to do something new with my life this this I was like I want to hit this new this new gold mine that I've heard about called called stand up and sketch so like <laughs> the, gold, the gold mine, mine yes all the way right. to the I, bank I marched down to the UCB training center you know on 34th and I was like here we go let's, let's make let's make some money and <laughs> Wait, you slapped, were in New yes. York too? And I slapped a thousand dollars down and said, "Give me one yeah, week exactly. of class." <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I. I, I was. Didn't know I you were in New York on this. Yeah, I was okay. in New York. Um, I haven't been doing comedy for too long. I've only been doing it for about four years. Um, that's as long as I've been transitioned. So, um, I, I moved here a year ago. So I was in. I was in. I was in the UCB okay. community from like sixteen to eighteen or something like that. Um. Okay. Uh, and oh, then, yeah. like, my stand-up stuff started taking off, so I, I kind of got out of it. But um, we met at UCB. I understand. You know, UCB. Yeah. We met at UCB 2009. Nice. Nice. A yeah. UCB, a UCB match. Mention? A love match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Amy Poehler. Pay for my wedding. <laughs> well, she <laughs> said that once. We met Amy Poehler at some party or something like that, and we were... You, but we were joking about. It, but then you kind of boldly said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Of course I would. I mean, my God, if you yeah. meet a rich person, you of just course. ask them for money uh, and see you what never happens. Know. I mean, she she doesn't pay her performers, so why would she pay for your marriage? <laughs> but she it, it was guilty. worth a shot. You never know. <laughs> exactly. When you, when you, you must you try. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta shoot your shot, kid. Yeah, but um. You know, like, but like Andy, what you had said though was 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 so like it it's it struck me because I I was a secret Monty Python fan as a kid and like mm. I would never tell my friends that because they were like, oh, Monty Python, oh, that's for nerds, uh, like, mm-hmm. and like I had I had seen like I was like a big fan of Holy Grail and I had it all memorized and like I'd been watching it since probably since the fifth grade and like I I. I, I was not only a closet trans woman, but I was also a closet Monty Python fan. So you can imagine the the great, uh, you know, the great pressure that was on me back then. It was it was hard to be me. Not 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 a dual life, but a triple life. One could say a triple. A triple. <laughs> Were you, were you constantly saying, uh, we are the knights you say near? Yeah, that yeah, uh, that one, uh, flesh wound, that was a big one. That was that was probably my favorite one, was the, the flesh wound bit. Um, you know, 
the the shrubbery sparrow all I, all all of those references and then I, then I had to catch myself like like <laughs> if I was being too gay or too Monty Python esque I don't know but like it was a very hard time <laughs> for a young Gina in in Bloomington Indiana um, all right so let's let's talk about let's talk about the show the first episode uh, that um, that Andy picked is called. Um, if you're gonna write a comedy scene, you're gonna have some rat feces in there. Uh, this one features uh, some sketches called "We Love Our Gay Son." Uh, Greg Sniper, which that's the that's like the the disruptor guy that like goes through some scenes, like if I'm not correct. And then the big showstopper yeah. was San Francisco, the theme park. Uh, we're gonna play a clip in a bit, but Naomi, just give me uh, since since you're playing since you're playing a lot of Candy Crush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your memories might be a little incomplete, but uh, give me your... Uh, Im- yeah, I'm yeah. going to say, this featured the only laugh from Naomi. Oh, it this did? Episode. I think I wrote it down. You did? I don't remember it. I, I don't remember my laugh, I mean. Now, I found myself... This is the first episode that you've ever seen. I've ever okay. seen of Mr. Yes. Show, exactly. So, I was sort of like... First of all, the first thing I, I looked at Bob Odenkirk and was like, oh, okay, he's been 50 since he was 20. He looked yeah. exactly the same to me. I couldn't get over it, especially because he was like yeah. in a suit, you know, like in a slightly too big Better Call Saul suit. Better and, Call show. And I was like, I was like, this is it. I was like, my God, this is who he's yes. meant to be. Um, and I thought, isn't it amazing what you can do when you're a white boy? <laughs> This program was on television. This is from season two, which means they had a second season. Like I was like, "Holy shit, this is some." It was not. It was nonsensical to me, right? Because it was. It was so um, so kind of loopy. I had a hard time almost even knowing the baseline. Yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? Like when something's a little too far off. So I found myself. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, I don't even have like kind of my reference to know what's weird. Well, half the references are to things that happened in the nineties, and then. Half of the references are things that happened in their childhoods. Well, that well, so, yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, the nineteen sixties, the nineteen sixties <laughs> and seventies, which neither of us were alive for. Right. So you're just kind of piecing together. It's like watching Tiny Toons or <laughs> The Simpsons, yeah, where yeah. they're writing references to the nineteen thirties, and you're kind of like, oh yeah, like Animaniacs, yeah. right? Yes. Oh, that's what I meant, Animaniacs. Where, and you're piecing together. You're like, I, I've never seen a Humphrey Bogart film, but I kind of know. Right. What you're getting at. Yeah, I kind of right. know what, what Casablanca is just from all the references to it. Right. So it's right. like that. Wait, was this the episode where they had the, um, oh, God, what's the word? The Yes, pool. Van Hammersley. Yes, Van yes. Hammersley. Okay, he's the, he's the, I thought, yes, I that made me laugh once. That was the one, right? <laughs> no, the laugh came from, oh. <laughs> the laugh came from uh, uh, Grass Valley Greg, played by David Cross, is this kind of like tech guy. Right, and he, the, oh, the, the sketch yeah. was he he invented the delete key. Yes, yes and that his firm comes up with new mistakes. That uh-huh. was the game yeah. of the scene, right? Yep. Uh, and then he and he's this kind of just like liberal idiot, idiot, yeah, uh, rich idiot, rich, li- yeah, who thinks <laughs> yeah. like yes. Uh, and at one point, he like Marilyn Rice Cup comes up to him to s- tell him something, and he sticks a circus peanut in her mouth. Yeah, and he goes, "They're made with spider sugar. Doesn't hurt the spiders." That's what you laughed at. <laughs> okay. That sounds right. I remember that sketch because there was a black woman. In it. <laughs> she she didn't say a word, but the she one, was sitting. Yeah, she she was, was typing. She the one was black she was caught on camera yeah. somehow. 
I hope she got residuals. You know what I mean? Like she, she didn't get to talk, and I was like, let her say a line so she could get that paper. Girl, I don't think Bob and David got residuals. <laughs> that was. It was. Um. Yeah. Wow. Did, wait. So Gina, had you watched? The I had show seen uh, before this. I had seen. Um, not from this episode. Like I. I like I said earlier. I'd seen the. Um, the Cockring Warehouse commercial at UCB. I thought that was really funny. So I checked it. So I checked out more on YouTube and I watched uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jeepers Creepers Superstar, the the musical. And I was like, right. all right, this is enough of this. And like that. <laughs> 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 so I've seen two sketches before. Yeah. Okay. It's so, oh, so Van Hammersley is, I get, I, I think this is a parody of something from before we were born, but basically he, it's a series of videotapes where this character, Van Hammersley, played by Bob Odenkirk, teaches you about history and other subjects through the art of billiards. <laughs> right, right. And he just like, th- but he bam, actually- Bam, bam, that's how you get nitrogen. Right. And then he does this thing where he snaps his fingers and claps his hands and then puts his hands out like his jazz hands, but without yes. the moving. And but, that's his like signature move. And that's it. the reason I picked this was because of Van Hammersley. Because I have such fond memories of like Van Hammersley blowing my mind when I was nineteen. Blowing your uh, mind. Yes, because it was such a weird reference. And maybe it's just that I've seen it so many times in the last twenty years. But I just wa- sat here. Wa- I'm watching it through your eyes, and I'm like, oh, okay. So this is not all right. Now. All right, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna improvise. Uh, uh, Use my UCB training to, to, to yes and this scene because I was going to play uh, We Love Our Gay Son as a clip, but uh, since we're talking about. Who? Yeah, problematic. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But since we're. <laughs> a lot of problematic. Also, it, it's not as problematic as I was, uh, as I was um, thinking right. it could be. But uh, definitely a, a couple sketches and uh, things that David Cross says to be ironically edgy. That yeah, I, yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of regret. cringing going on. But we are gonna. I, I am gonna play the Ooh. the Van Hammersley clip since since we do a, a, a hot discussion okay. going on with this. So <laughs> give me just a sec. I'm gonna share the screen and we can watch uh, Van Hammersley on my desktop. You've seen him perform feats of unparalleled skill on TV and radio. Now, worldwide billiards champion Van Hammersley presents a series of videotapes designed to teach as well as entertain. With his first tape, I Oughta Be In Pictures, Van Hammersley showcases his incredible talent and passion for the golden age of film. A lot of people want to go to Hollywood, see the stars they've seen for low these many years. Why not take a trip on your own? Billiards table. (laughs) Just pick out a few balls and say hello to the stars. Well, look who we have here. Marilyn Monroe, star of the Seven Year Itch. Next to her, Humphrey Bogart, Judy, Judy, Judy. And next to him, those three crack-ups, Moe, Larry, and Curly. (laughs) Stop it, gentlemen, you're gonna screw everything up. All right, it's 1952, and we're on a back lot. It's time for the awards, the Hollywood Awards. First of all, Marilyn Monroe, nice to have you. Humphrey Bogart, Judy, Judy, Judy. Next to him, Moe, Larry, ooh. And Curly, the three students, get on down there, boys! Then it's off to the races as Van recounts the running of the 1974 Kentucky Derby the only way he knows how, with a pool table. It's 1974, March 15th, and horse racing history is about to be made. A hot, muggy day, all the horses are at their gates. Let's run the race, shall we? First of all, Mr. Fast Horse comes out of his gate real slow-like, not like his name at all. Papa's delicate condition, and Crystal knocked. Oh, a 
almost trip over each other. Get your bets in, gentlemen, because Batman the horse isn't waiting around for anybody. Nice and sticky, says. What about me, boys? Haha. <laughs> Next up, Stinkfinger. Next to her, if Mandy Patinkin was a horse, comes in, bring it up the rear, old Felcher. And that's how the race was run. Tape number three, All Aboard, teaches you the history of mass transportation. 37 people died in a massive triple-decker box accident in London, Britain, New Hampshire, and Wales! You know what? Can I say this? I was wrong. I was watching it through Naomi's eyes and therefore felt shame. But now here in this space, I laugh so much at Van Hammersley. Batman the horse? If Manny Patinkin was a horse? Old Felcher? Come on. Great names. Crystal Knocked. Naming a horse Crystal Knocked is funny. I take back everything I said about Van Hammersley. It's a solid sketch that is very funny. And Naomi laughed at one of the tapes being just about December 7th, 1941. That's Naomi, true. I, and also, watching this again here, I saw you laugh a bunch of times. Well, it's such nonsense. I guess if, like, once I kind of knew it was nonsense, again, I could I was already grounded because yeah. I'd seen it once. Now I can go back and maybe appreciate. But I will say, is this where you get your love of nonsense names? Because Andy, like, when I met Andy, he was much more right. of a sketch person. It still is, but, like, he loves sketches, and he loves to name characters, like, nonsense names, like, that aren't real words. And it would just be a human's name. And I feel like, is this where oh, you got it from? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Mr. Show. Right? <laughs> yeah, because every other sketch show used, like, normal human names. Kids in the Hall used normal uh, human names. UCB, the UCB sketch show that was on Comedy Central used normal human names. Even Stranger with Candy, not sketch, but close yeah. enough, yeah. used, you know, Jerry. Like, yeah, 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 normal names. Um, you like, yeah, you like naming someone. I'm trying to think of, like, what are the names you used to have, like... Who was the owner of Sid's used cribs? Sid. But what's his last name? Wasn't there? Oh, something? I don't know. That's just. I mean, I make up names like I breathe, Naomi. <laughs> you hear that, Gina? Makes he makes up names, names like, like he, he breathes. That's, that's, that sounds like a slippery con man to me. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my friend, Crudge Hamhock. See? Yeah, I probably Mr. Show. <laughs> that's that sounds like a Mr. Show reference that isn't. Uh, yeah. I look. I I laughed. <laughs> I yeah, I did. I I you know. Yeah. We all, all laughed. Laugh. We all laughed. It was funny, but it was like it's a 3-minute sketch and it's 2 minutes too long. Like <laughs> I think I think the yeah. laughs could have been compressed down to like 3 3 bits and like it would have been sharper, I think. I don't know. It it felt it, after a while and like here's here's some here's some magic that the audience won't won't realize is that I'm kind of cut like it like two minutes out of that clip so that the audience doesn't get bored uh so they will they will hear a minute of the criminal. sketch but it's actually three Absolutely minutes long criminal. and it's but it's more of that same stuff it's just different jokes you better keep in the part the the horse race papa's delicate condition come on these are great these are great. You could tell that they had a whiteboard full of yes. horse names that they just picked their favorite ones from. I'm not. That sh they should be proud of that. <laughs> you don't need to fill a damn whiteboard with all that. Just spend two literal minutes thinking of a horse name and write it down. On to the next. That's how I feel about horse names, Andy. Mama's fudge problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling you. Mama's fudge problem? Mama's little fudge problem. Mama's little fudge problem. <laughs> mama's little fudge Oh, you know, mama's got a little fudge problem. Don't worry. We just got to get her. We just go down and get her a couple bars a day. That's very ain't, Gilbert Grape. Ain't no problem. <laughs> <laughs> very what's eating Gilbert Grape. 
Mama's little fudge. Oh problem. my goodness! All right, but the rest of that, sh- rest of the episode, um, uh, problematic. <laughs> uh, the gay son uh, sketch was the tape. Was the tape? Was the clip I was going to play? And like, as a member of the queer community, I, you know, I'm sort of told to be offended. Like, like, be ready. Straight, straight white guys are here. They're gonna say something shitty. <laughs> They're gonna piss you off. <laughs> it didn't really piss me off all that much, except that. Except that Brian Posen was such uh, such an ugly gay dude. Uh, like, like, <laughs> like, why could why couldn't they have made the gay bait hot? Like, like, seriously, why'd you have to make him yeah. ugly ass yeah. Brian Posen? Why couldn't you bring on like a fit guy for that? Yeah, right. They they turn they made him a, a leather daddy from because uh, Posen's from San Francisco, yeah. or at least he came up doing comedy in San Francisco. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of them did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sure they got a. Uh, uh, they saw the queer community from a distance in oh San Francisco. God. I could not take his whole outfit and that I did not appreciate that he had bloody Yeah, beans. yeah. <laughs> I that. didn't like it at all. I like, I <laughs> did not like it. You know that's a detail, but you know that that's a detail that they all went nuts for. Do you know what I mean? Where they were like, no one's going to notice it, but whoever does, they, they were really paying attention. Ugh. They're so you gross. know, like I can They're see into so... their minds. I can. I know you can, and I think their minds are gross. <laughs> or like the costume person did that. The makeup person did that. Do you and, think and... they let a woman do makeup and costumes? I didn't. Do you think they hired a woman behind the scenes too? I didn't. Girl, I didn't decide gender. I said person. So I know, but we're talking about how yeah. the show was like women right, don't was... exist, and I'm like, I wonder. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they didn't uh, discriminate gender-wise on purpose. You're sure? <laughs> on purpose. Oh, on purpose. <laughs> well, well, I mean, my God. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did <laughs> otherwise because was, that because they were not like thinking about it. There was like some star chamber meeting between between Bob and David. They're like, no women, <laughs> no no dark skin whatsoever. It's only <laughs> it's only white <laughs> men that like vagina around here. <laughs> For everything. <laughs> for everything. For everything. Everything. Right. I'm not saying it wasn't discriminatory. I'm just saying it was uh, a sin of omission. Oh, good. Do you hear? I'm not defending that. Hold on. You are. You are literally trying to explain them to me. That's the point of this podcast. Don't don't throw that at me. <laughs> Touche. Touche, Andrew. We're not sitting. We're not sitting on the couch eating dinner, and I'm sitting here being like, uh, "Naomi, let me tell you something about Mr. Show." Okay, we are here to talk about Mr. Show. How dare you? Oh my God, how riled up you've got! This is this, how is, this is what Mr. Show does to does to does to male comedy nerds. It, it, it gets up the dander. It really does. <laughs> the dander is up. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Okay, let's talk about the next episode uh, that that Andy selected. This is uh, Please Don't Kill Me. This is from uh, Season 3. It featured uh, such sketches as Swear to God, uh, which I thought was was quite (laughs) funny, actually. Uh, Mustard Mayonnaise, uh, Landlords, which I did not like, uh, and the Dr. X Annual Save the Earth Telethon, uh, among others. Uh, Naomi, if you can remember... Uh, looking up from your phone, uh, <laughs> yeah. what what yeah. are some of your off-top impressions of the second episode? Okay, now, I did think that Landlord sketch was very much written by people who lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, it really felt like... It felt like our old landlord. Yeah, like, it was, like, making fun of, like, the old mom-and-pop landlord who's, like, too into your business. And I was like, okay, this has real, like, L.A. But then I didn't get... There's like the part at the end, like, is it PFT comes in or someone comes in as the person who used to live there Mm -hmm, fighting with the landlord. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I spit on you. I piss on you. I poop on you. Mm -hmm. I fart on you. We We are friends again. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I didn't understand. It was just a little bit of nonsense to to end it. But then like, but it was like, I just didn't understand because I was getting the game up until then. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I knew the beats. Like, I got where it was like, uh-huh. you came in, and then the other guy comes in and is like, you left my apartment. Then the old per- the old um, uh, tenant comes in. Right. And is like, But then I just did, and then it just fell apart for but me. But this is why I love Mr. Show. This is, and also, like, maybe I took the wrong lessons from Mr. Show. Because then when I was starting out writing sketch, it was just mm. utter nonsense. That uh-huh. would change the reality of the world from sentence to sentence. And there was a game of the scene for listeners. Game of the scene just means like yes. the whatever the funny thing that the, the sketch yeah. centers around. Yes. Or like characters have games. Yes. Like the one UCB always uses example of is Kramer from Seinfeld. You know, Kramer's game is that he'll, he'll always like burst in to Jerry's apartment and say some like b- loud right, bit of right. nonsense. And that's his game. He always will reliably do that. So, um, so yeah, what I loved about Mr. Show is there was a game of the scene there, right? There was something it was about, and then it would just devolve into nonsense half the time, right? Yes. And I, I just love that it was that the, you know it wasn't it it, it was uh, fast moving and it changed a lot. That's true. I guess it was fast moving and it changed yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, You're right. I'll give you that. Those are That's those are objective I mean, true statements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, the mustard mayo, the only part that made me laugh was like, she's like, 
I, I, you know, like I never have any time. Like I like that. I like because I, you know, right, right. Because I get what that's playing off of, right? Like I know those yeah. commercials right. from right. the nineties. Right. That so was it was like, a it was a sketch about how like from the there were all these ones. I think what they were parroting was um what was that? Peanut yeah, butter the jelly. peanut butter yes, jelly. there was one. like right. a Welch's prod. Yeah. Yeah, peanut butter yeah. jelly mint product that was like a jar that had peanut butter yeah, and, and jelly and, in it. Right, and you yeah. just spread it on your sandwich, so you would like not have to have two jars. So they did a, <laughs> a parody of that that was mustard and mayonnaise, and there were like different <laughs> brands. So there were like three different commercials throughout the entire. Oh, were they show. different brands? Yeah. I don't think I picked up on that. Yes, I might there have been was a candy crush. mustard mayonnaise and mayo stirred. Oh yeah, 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 mayo stirred. I'm always spreading mayo stirred and mustard mayonnaise. There was there was the one thing where it was like dad like the the final commercial where it was like dad like come to my it was like something where it was like it was a girl growing up like oh, she yeah. went from a child to an old woman oh yeah and her dad's dad my graduation dad right. it's my graduation and he just like gestures to the sandwich he's like I can't he's he's always <laughs> making sandwiches like because he he's spending so much time spreading. And that was because that was the third beat yes. of it. So yes. it was he would spend so much time spreading yes. mayo stirred and mustard mayonnaise. He missed his child's life. That he missed and his child's that life. I got, I got that one sketch through because it was very clear and it didn't devolve. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it was a clear game that just went through, yes. and yes. that was the third beat of it. Fine for me. That, that I could do, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a more traditional? You you do want the kids in the hall if you're gonna watch sketch. You want something that's a little like I don't think Kids in the Hall is traditional, but I think that it is. They stay on one topic per sketch, or they tend to. I'm not really gonna watch sketch, Andrew. <laughs> I so, know. I do. I know. <laughs> so I don't know if we can really get into preferences. And you know what? We ha we have just different. Some of our that's, interests are different. They don't intersect. That's the magic that's right there. That's yeah. That's, you. you that's like it. Albert Brooks. Right. You come together rooms. like opposites attract. Wow. No, I get it. Um, <laughs> Yes, I'm MC Scat Cat, and I'm I'm also MC Scat Cat though. <laughs> I think though I I was gonna save this for like the wrap up, but like I it I, I have to go ahead and make this observation. Like I I get that you know Bob and David were like very funny dudes, and like I love Bob Odenkirk, David Cross I not so much, but uh, Bob Odenkirk I I love as a human being um, from afar, but. Um, I just get the impression that compared to like sketches from like people of color or from queer people that you know we're they're they're coming from their like lived in perspective but it's like it's a life that hasn't had like a lot of ex you know conflict mm -hmm. so it's like mm -hmm. yes funky tv commercials and, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that and like it's it it's yeah. it's like yeah. it's like mediated. It's like they're they're making fun of stuff that they see on TV. Like they have you know it's like mm -hmm. oh my, we have the very special episode where my son is gay, but like but we know he's gay and he doesn't know he's gay, but he's maybe not gay. And you know and then in this episode, it's like this whole ending is this Doctor X annual Save the Earth telethon where they they've like merged like telethons, which I have a vague memory of from my youth. <laughs> right, the Jerry, the Lewis, Jerry Lewis thing. Telethon yeah, is what they're, and then they merge that with like a James Bond villain, and he's raising the money to stop himself from blowing up the Earth, and, which is fine. Right. It's it's a it's a decent enough uh, parody of like of like a couple of different things, like a mixed media parody. But like I, I <laughs> I didn't feel like there was a lot of danger involved in a lot of this comedy. 
uh, that was like that was my concern was that there wasn't there weren't they weren't risking a lot of their their own like no what well, isn't that also why it's nonsense I feel like a lot of nonsense comedy tends to be from straight white dudes yeah because exactly because like they don't have there's nothing else really to draw on if they've had a life that hasn't really had any adversity or hasn't had any diversity where like, Oh, I can comment on X, Y, or Z. They don't have it. So then it's just like, let's it's, you could, you could be in nonsense land when reality doesn't do much to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, of course it's nonsense. Cause, cause you just in a dream world, you just dream in the day away. And that's the energy I get from that. Yeah. You live in your head. Right, and you live in this like little imagination world in your brain, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where everything comes from. That's where all the ideas, and you're just like kind of recombining things you see in the world in this kind of like postmodern vortex Ugh. in some neuron somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. You were in, you. I mean, you say that too that you live inside your head. I don't know. You don't say it as much now, but you used to say that to me. Like you're like I, I like live in my head. And well, I mean, but it's ter- like, you know, I think this is the I don't think it's that cut and dry. Right. I think they want to be. They political, do. Yeah. Right. And I think they want to tackle certain topics. And I I don't think and I think they're I think their hearts are in the right place. It's also like the 90s were so steeped in irony. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they are coming at a lot of the topics, especially the political topics they want to uh make fun of or point to or satirize from this ironic distance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's always going to be like, like there's a sketch in, I think the next episode we'll look at where uh, they talk about like child laborers. I think like the idea is like uh, Mr. Show is written by a, a bunch of child laborers that yes. sit mm-hmm. in a, yes. a cell. And that was the joke. And there was like, and you know, there's, they're satirizing like, and throughout all of Mr. Show, they are satirizing, you know, corporate interests and the way corporations, uh, you know, like in this episode uh, or no, sorry, the last episode uh, where they uh, talk about like New San Francisco. It's the idea is that uh, a company that uh, is in the Mr. Show world called Globochem mm-hmm. has taken over San Francisco and sanitized it in the same way that like. New York was sanitized, mm-hmm. right? Like there's an M&M store. So, and all the like subcultures in San Francisco are now uh, sanitized. So like they took gay culture and it's, they're now like mascots yeah. and yeah, they right. have like these mascot heads on. And it's like, I think all, I, again, their version of gay culture is just. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> but, but it, it was okay yeah. for that scene because they were, they were already sort of making fun of the, the, commodification of stuff so like it was fine for them right. to be like oh they're like leather daddies that you know shake children's hands because that's what that's what a stupid corporation would think that that queer mm-hmm. culture is like that i'm okay with when they right when they do the media stuff they their their instincts are pretty good but when they try to dig a little deeper it's not so much yes i think i think david cross it's david cross's punk sensibility again it's like unrefined right He's going to because he's I, I, he's not thinking through these other prisms. Mm-hmm. It's just this kind of like um, he's on the right side of history, but I don't know because in the next episode he said yeah the yeah 
So <laughs> I was like, honey, if he tried to do that shit today. <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to we're going we're gonna to leapfrog out of this episode. Uh, I am uh, yeah. not defending that. All right. My way. first question. Uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and jump to the next episode that that Andy recommended. Uh, it's. By the way, I picked some okay. of these at random. All right, so well, that was going to be my question. My question I was, was, I was very what, disappointed with what some of my in choices. hell possessed you to pick this episode? That was my <laughs> exact question, but I guess random will do. Yes. Oh, I will tell you exactly why I picked this episode, and it's for one single joke that had me in stitches when okay. I was younger. It is in the the. So, and this is, again, I guess this, this episode is a prime example of what I loved about Mr. Show, or still do, is that sketches just, like, kind of, like, fall into each other, right? So there's a sketch about the Dalai Lama dies, and they yes, pick a new, yes. you know, um, they're mm. searching for a new Dalai Lama. You know, it's always this kind of, like, uh, this search, and there's, um, I, I don't know the exact process. I don't know if, even though this is real, a real process or just the fictional process of finding a new Dalai Lama. But, you know, they... they test a bunch of people and they bring like a bu- um, certain objects that the former Dalai Lama owned and if the person picks the right ones they yeah. become the new Dalai Lama so anyway it ends up being this kind of like um, uh, uh, kiss type what, what do you call those kind of people that were like rock and roll do like <laughs> 80s rock and roll dudes right that are into like dude. kiss like Detroit Rock City that kind, uh-huh. like he's got a mullet and they end up picking him and the sketch is how he once he's in Tibet uh, how he becomes enlightened and then his old friend comes and visits and doesn't fit in like they're reading um, you know they're they're reading uh, I don't know what the prayer book is in uh, yes. For Buddhism, yeah, but, but like they're, they're reading that, yeah. and then it turns, and then they the the friend the the friend from high school. It turns out he's reading a uh, a comic book underneath that, right? And then it turns out he's actually reading a porno mag <laughs> underneath the comic book, uh-huh. right? And it's stuff like that. And then that sketch turns into a parody of those kind of like '80s movies, the summer oh, camp, the movies. Summer camp. Yeah. yeah, the, the 80s, summer yeah. camp yeah. '80s movies, movies yeah. where you have like that Wet yeah. Hot American Summer par- yeah, will that- parody. A couple that, years that after section Mr. Show. I thought was really funny. That section, uh, the problem I didn't, I didn't <laughs> pick it for a clip because it's mostly it's mostly in like montage, so it wouldn't make much sense on the podcast. Yes. But yes, I, I legitimately did laugh quite a bit when it when it was like it was Buddhist monks versus the the rich snobs from the fat camp, which <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and this is the this is the the one joke that uh, has always stuck in my mind because uh, there was a point in my life where I thought. Having real violence in a comedy sketch was the funniest thing. Like one of the uh, David Cross's character, again, this like 80s kiss fan type, uh, lures one of the kids away from the bike race and then slits his throat. And it yeah. looks real. It also made me laugh so much on one Conan sketch where someone shoots Andy Richter and they had squibs. And so it actually looks like he's being shot. I don't like that. Well, well yeah, now, now <laughs> I mean, we live in a world that's right. just like inundated with violence. It's not to a, you know, 13 year old in the suburbs. It's really funny. But other uh-huh. than that, this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, not episode great. Had David Cross full on N word and blackface. So. Uh, I mean, well, black voice. I mean, he's, 
Look, I'm not defending any of it, but I, I oh, there, <laughs> there is a line. Questionable black taste. There, it, was, there, it was like, yeah. Questionable. I'm just but, saying there is a line. But then I noticed, too, even when he said the N-word, too, like, it didn't get a yeah, laugh. Yeah, it didn't. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you could have cut that out before you put it in the episode. And I still would have known well, that who was that character sketch. was. That was a live sketch. That's why I don't think they did it. It's live? I knew it was on Half live. of it's live, yeah. half of it's pre-taped. But then they, oh, because I was like, don't they air it later? Like, they could still cut that line. No, I don't get it. Anyway. It bombed. It, regardless, it, it bombed. Yeah. It, it didn't work. And so it was just kind of like, and it was, and again, it was one of those things where it's like, also, it's, it's, it's so, that is obviously the edgiest thing 15 <laughs> white dudes could come up with together. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, that, to me, is the moment where I was like, every single person around them is white. Fair. And I don't even just mean who they work with. I mean their entire yeah. fucking lives. Like, the w one guy who was in the Actors Are Dumb sketch, who is a, an act, who's an actor, like a popular black actor. I'm blaming Jerry Minor. He's Jerry in the, Minor. He was, he was a cast member on the fourth season. Fourth. Okay, the final season. Fourth. <laughs> uh, the final the end jerry Miner, like jerry and it's funny because like i feel like jerry minor is like a lot of people's black friend <laughs> in comedy like those indie comedies because like tina fey like he was in uh kimmy schmidt where i was like okay like they just know you like i feel yeah, like they Meadows, know him. There, were, there were a handful of black actors that went through second city who were like and, exactly yeah, and so like some of those white people got me they're like they were like where's my black friend let's get him in here and that person is just i would say the lord's work but i don't think so i think he needed to come in there and just shut some shit down. Depends on which lord you worship. <laughs> I'm like, should have shut some shit well, down. I, it was I watched this and I was, I was like, oh, Andy, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, remember, I haven't watched this in a long time. Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, I don't, I'm not defending anything that they've done. I was disappointed as well as everyone else. Uh, but it was but, their final season. Do you think because it was the last season they were just like, fuck it, let's say all the stuff we wish we could, we, like we wanted to say. You know I, what I mean? I don't know that they yeah. knew it was their final season. Okay, so they're just having fun with it. And like, okay. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't seen other than just the four episodes I watched for this show. But I, you know, flipping through like the, the stuff on HBO Max, just like the little, little like thumbnails, and like I, I, it, that doesn't seem out of character. Just, just based on what I'm seeing, okay. like some of the, the vibe that yeah. I'm getting off some of the other episode titles and some of the stuff that I've read that didn't seem out of character. In fact, I was reading this, um, this uh, thing from AV Club uh, written back in 2010 where this writer had gone back into Mr. Show and, and just basically just jizz fest all over them for like oh, an episode by episode. A big fan, this guy. <laughs> and like... <laughs> and like, I, and I read uh, the capsule review this episode, and the any of the questionable like racial humor just is completely lost on him. Like he doesn't even mention it. It, it like it doesn't huh. it doesn't even register wow. in 2010 with this guy. Not that I ever I for whatever reason I was always at least uh, woke not woke enough, but like what's the word I'm looking for? At least like keyed in enough to know like yeah. not to do that. <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, that's not right. Let's not do it. But I can see the machinery in their minds yeah. move and be like, this is going to, this is, we're doing this ironically. We know we're doing this ironically. And that's why we're, and, and so we're making fun of the type of person that would say this. Right. But at the same, but this is the problem with irony. You're, you're still, still saying, saying yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's why irony, and that's why that kind of like 90s irony has 
fallen out of fashion in yeah. the last Ugh. like five years. But it's kind of back, right? Like I feel like a, the, well, a ba the baby comics are very I'm, into yeah, and like even when I was, you know, taking classes at UCB in sixteen, seventeen, like it, they there were still a lot of white dudes that were you know trying stuff like that. They 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 tended to get mm -hmm. eviscerated, but they were still trying it. Okay, and then they. Yeah, and then yeah, they would like yeah. privately fume, you know, waiting for the elevator <laughs> back downstairs. Right. Yeah. They're like if Shane Gillis can do this, why can't I? <laughs> but yeah, but that like I can see, I can uh, I can see into their brains to see why they're doing it, and that they don't understand that irony doesn't actually. Th there's no differentiation. You're still doing the thing that you're making that yes. you're satirizing, and there are smarter. And uh, better and there, ways there to do are it. people better yeah. qualified experientially to like talk about these subjects, which I'm hoping that we have learned in 2020 that there are there are other voices out there that, that can make these jokes and make them actually funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so interesting how because even now still, you know, how um, how segregated comedy is. You know, like just in terms of just audiences and rooms and, you know, those San Francisco people who came up in San Francisco was like, and, and I bet they wouldn't even necessarily have noticed at the time, but it's like, you are used to performing solely for white people, more or less in your same income bracket, more or less at your same educational level, mm -hmm. more or less sharing your um, cultural touchstones. And then when you start to do something on a wider stage, you know, TV, basically, where anybody could get at it, it's like, oh, that joke for, like, the bottom, the bar basement is not yeah, it. Right. You know, that's like, but I feel like it's still that bar basement sensibility. The triple crown, yes. if you will, um, <laughs> of New York, where, you know, you could definitely just get away with throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. But I think that's, I don't know, but there's, that's always, I think, a part of sketch. There's something about sketch... Part of why I don't like it that much is because it's always very mm -hmm. sloppy. And I think part of the aesthetic of sketch is like a little like thrown together. We're kind of doesn't doing have this. to be. It doesn't have to be, but I think it often I is. I think Key and Peel, you know, they were they stuck to game like that. They were very like, you know, watch any Key and Peel sketch and you're it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's I not the, sloppy. I, no, no, it's no, like, I meant the look of it. I meant the look of but it more. No, but I'm saying the look uh, like Key and Peel, one of the things that they did that was so uh, not revolutionary because there's plenty of people that like put money into, it. but like they made it look yeah. good. And they you mean really... the two men of color <laughs> stepped up and elevated the genre? <laughs> they made it and won a Peabody uh, Award. Talking about, talking about the know, Academy they, Award like, winning it... Jordan Peele over here is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they like took it and they like they made uh, uh, if if it was a um, a genre parody. Mm -hmm. They, you know, the, uh, Peter Atencio, is that his name? The director, you know, made it look like the genre parody so yeah. that everything looked the same so that the joke stood out. I haven't seen Black Lady Sketch Show, but uh, I'm curious. Yeah. You know. Yeah. About like how it handles these topics. I bet very well. I didn't see it either, but that's just my own jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The the woman who has spent the, uh, the entire time saying, like, I don't like sketch, <laughs> somehow wanted to be part of a black lady sketch show. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I you wanted know, to be asked. I wanted you know, to be invited. If, if HBO had a show called a trans lady sketch show and I didn't get invited, I would be very fucking pissed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Livid. absolutely. Livid, Gina. Yeah. Cast it. Uh, Who's in it? Translating oh, yeah, sketch show is uh, me is um, Patty Harrison and Patty Harrison's clone right. and um, 
<laughs> Jay McBride over in New York, and uh, Nori Reed. I think that's probably about it. That would be fun. That would be a fun. I would one. watch that. Yeah, Nori cracks me up. Andy's <laughs> visualizing it. He's visualizing the poster. <laughs> He's like off to his side. He's like, well, uh-huh. no, in my head, well, what I was doing in my head was like, would Patty's, she, you know, she's very yes. absurdist. Would her absurdism take over? That's actually where I was in my head. I was trying yeah, to think she, what the dynamic also, of the show would be. You know, by far the most famous person out of all of us. So, like, yeah, that probably so. It'd probably be the Patty Harrison translating sketch show. Um, but, but I'm okay with that. It's, it's, it's a paycheck. It's a paycheck yeah. and an IMD yes, credit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And you're in, and, and, and you're I'm included. in there. You know what yes, I mean? It's about exactly. being included. Yeah. I, I am. Yeah. I am. I'm on the ground floor of Patty Harrison's media empire, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Naomi, your final thoughts, um, Mr. Show, the discussion. Uh, if 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 you've lost all desire for Andy ever again. You know what? To watch Mr. Show is to really appreciate the growth that has taken place in Andrew Aww. since then. Yay. Okay. You've grown, you've changed, and you know what? It happens to the best of us. <laughs> what happens Growth to the best of us? Mr. Show. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Show. You know, some of, you know, I was born a white boy in the suburbs. Yes. Yes. All right? Yes. I could have stayed a white boy in the suburbs, Naomi, yes. instead of the worldly man that stands before you. It does feel like we've we've grown quite a bit, but also kind of not because we're still kind of litigating this stuff mm-hmm. in in comedy and in the greater in the greater Ugh. like world because we're still. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we heard some asshole talk complain about political correctness and like we we've just we just dragged David Cross up and down this podcast for like saying the <laughs> n word and I'm gonna say it was blackface. I'm gonna say it was like. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That I will not argue with <laughs> but, it now, because uh, he was he was darker, so like it was like a suggestion of blackface. Um, I don't know, it wasn't great, mm-hmm, but we still mm-hmm. hear. We, I mean, we, we mentioned Shane Gillis on this thing just a, you know a little while ago. Like that was a big <laughs> deal, at least in the comedy community. But like also, we have a president that just loves to complain about political correctness, and I, yeah, it doesn't feel like all that long ago. This wasn't even a question. Like you could, you could certainly just have you know, David Cross run up on stage, shout out the N word, and the only, the only problem with the scene is that it just didn't play comedically. Um, they, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't have any other question about it. Like, oh, it's just a shitty read. That's all. <laughs> uh, that's what I, yeah, that's what I think. Um, Andy, your final thoughts on yeah. on Mr. Show. <sighs> I really wanted it to be a transcendent experience and rewatching it, especially through Naomi's eyes. Uh, it was disappointing. <laughs> I loved it so much. I love these people. Like my comedic sensibility is formed by Bob and David. I wanted to be mm-hmm. Bob. I like, I see him in me. I thought, God damn it. <laughs> like that is like such the, at the Bob Odenkirk's, Angry, goddamn it, is at the heart of my comedic sensibility, <laughs> and it, it. I watched it. And I'm like, oh, I all I could see it. I could, I could just see it for what it was mm-hmm. now. I couldn't, I couldn't 
put myself back into the way I was when I was 19. Yeah, I guess I it's think good. that's good. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's what I mean. You grew, you've grown. You can't go back to being. You can't go back to the nineteen-year-old mindset. But I so I don't think I, I I don't think I approved of the stuff then. But I also forgave it then. Yes. Because uh, I thought that because like that they were on the right side of history that they were satirizing it and now you see you forgave them a little now but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just quibbled over whether exactly over because I just wanted to be accurate. Oh well, because look, God. look, they're not Jimmy Fallon. They're not in a SNL sketch actually wearing blackface. That's Gina. Look, no, but my point is, you can ding them for so much. But he was giving you a brown face moment as like the as the leader. I. I think that, uh, wait, who are you talking about? David Cross in the sketch where he's playing the, like, Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's... No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah oh. About. oh, we might be talking yeah, about no, the wrong thing, then. Okay. Yeah, that's it's, what it's I'm right there in the title. It's understandishable. That's the line that... Yes, yeah. that's the thing. That's the one. That's where he's playing... No, no, he's in, it's in the uh, psychic, the emergency psychic hotline. That's he's, what you were talking about. Yes, that's what I was... We're, we're Gina and I are on the same page. I don't but, know. But there's also, but there's also the, but the like, there's two, there's two like problematic parts. There's when he's in the the Buddhist sketch and he shouts out the N word, and then there's also yes, right, utterly problematic in the in the psychic hotline sketch where he says understandable and he and he looks like, and he's speaking in like very thick like not. He's like Aaron Neville. He's, get, he's giving I, you Aaron Neville vibes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, now I remember that yes. one as well. Correct. Yes. Correct, I, correct, I, I correct. really don't want to play it, so thank you. It's just, it, it's just again, I think if you take those risks or not even take the risk, if you choose to portray that comedically, I think it has to be for a yeah. higher purpose than whatever the cheap laugh is. That's sure. how I feel about it. Because I, I, you know, what I can see is the machinations where people are like, it's comedy or I'm acting or I'm a character. Why can't I be right. blank? And it's sort of like, First of all, you don't get to have everything you want, okay? <laughs> I'd like to be a fucking size four, ho. Why can't I? Because I only eat carbohydrates. <laughs> Why so can't funny. you? Because you a dumb white boy. Sometimes you can't I, have it. That is so funny, dude. <laughs> it is like, so I get that, but it's like, if you want it so bad, mm-hmm. you got to earn it. You got to do something with it that's so, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. so sharp. It's got to be in the, that it's in worthwhile. the service of something yeah. larger instead of making fun of whatever i don't even know what the if it is air neville that's the target right, right, right. right. it's not it's not worth yeah. it for that yeah. yes i just want i just wanted on the record that he didn't like put shoe polish on his face okay <laughs> it's on it. the record it's on the record they'll be on the record that it was not a jazz singer moment yeah. that's yes that's all it. right <laughs> okay none of the, none of the rest of it's defensible you hush okay because Gina's audience will cancel your right. ass. So if you don't stop talking. For being accurate? Yes. You are mansplaining to a level that is so non... Like, you doing it, like, so crazy on recorded media that I'm like, are you being a dumb bitch? I call him that I, romantically, Gina. This no, is I, I get it. Down. Sometimes I get we call it. each other stupid bitch. Yeah, this is our boudoir talk. I absolutely <laughs> felt the affection in that dumb bitch. No, I... It got me right in the heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so wonderful. Uh, yeah, these are our yeah, final are, thoughts. I mean, I, you know, yeah, it, it's a questionable. It's questionable. It, it could go either way. But, you know, if you have a scene, if you have a scene that like, is maybe, maybe not blackface, maybe, maybe not shoot that scene. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that maybe that question with. mark just isn't worth it either. Uh, and, like, you know, that's, 
we could go on for like we could go on and talk shit about the sketch comedy world forever um and you know still have plenty of shit to say about it but i think that uh i think that you know i think you guys are right it's you know we we have come a long way since since mr show and there's still a long way to go i think it showed like my my growth because i you know had i not transitioned had i stayed the suburban white boy i you know probably would have found a lot of like depth in their like media uh parodies because that would have been the extent of my experience as well like all, all i would have known was tv because that's all i knew was tv back then that's that was my whole that was my whole life back in those days but much like andy we we have we have evolved as human beings <laughs> and have become richer people yeah. for it Richard. Now all my sketches are about uh, U.S. committing genocide <laughs> around the world. <laughs> Laugh a minute. Laugh a minute. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Andy Beckerman's genocide show coming soon to Comedy Central. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. The, the Guatemala episode? <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. Uh, Naomi, let everyone listening know where they can find you on the Internet and what you might have coming up, even though we are quarantined. You can find me on Twitter at Blacktress, spelled the way you think it's spelled. On Instagram at Blacktress Comedy, because someone took Blacktress. And every Wednesday at 2 p.m. PST, Andy and I do a Twitch show, couples therapy Twitch show. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes it's just us. But it's a fun hour, and it's a good time. I love it, and I hope I didn't start an argument uh, for that show. But we'll find out. Andy, <laughs> uh, same question. Where can... <laughs> The folks at home find you on the internet and otherwise. Oh, at Andy Beckerman on all your social media platforms. And, uh, of course, uh, that Twitch show comes out of the fact that Naomi and I do a podcast together called Couples Therapy. Uh, you can get it on uh, any of the platforms where you uh, get your podcast from and uh, subscribe to it. Uh, we have a Patreon for it uh, where you get extra episodes. But we basically have... a comics who are close doing sets together about their relationship sometimes we interview couples sometimes we give advice to our listeners love it all right uh and as always you can find me gina bloom on all social media at gina bloom j-e-e-n-a-b-l-o-o-m uh right here every thursday until i get tired of it on sweet the ladies guide to bro culture <laughs> i was supposed to end the show i think this episode was supposed to be my last one but like i'm gonna keep it going because what else do i have what else do I have going on in my life right now? Um, it's going to take like a four-month break for the season, but whatever. We'll keep it going until until I feel like ending it. It's been, it's been it fun, going. and I literally going. have nothing else to do, so it's okay. Um, yeah, you can find me on the on the Morbid Anna Network, Sweet the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture, and uh, just follow me on social and get all the things I'm doing on the internet and that is it for this week everybody thank you so much um this has been this has been a really fun episode thank you to you both naomi and andy um thank you i it's tradition for me to end on an ironic line of dialogue um from mr show oh, but no. like i can't remember any to be honest like it all kind of runs together and uh i i yeah i can't think of anything ironic to pull from this so uh andy if you got anything just uh spit it out you're the expert 
They're made of spider sugar. <laughs> there Doesn't you the go. Spider. Perfect. Oh my gosh. There you go. Absolutely. The one. And <laughs> she's laughing again. You <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Bye.